What's good, everyone? Welcome to the March Only Podcast. This is a podcast that takes place in the month of March only. I'm your host, Troy Macker. And what we're going to do today is I'm going to bring on my man, Robbie Callen from Uproxx. He's one of the funniest dudes I know. Uh, and we're going to talk hoops. We're going to talk weird action movies. We're going to talk some sauce. We're going to talk some Bill Raftery. It's going to be a lot of fun. And remember, this podcast is available on SoundCloud and iTunes. So like, share, rate, subscribe, like, share, rate, subscribe, eat, sleep, beat the streak, whatever. And this podcast, of course, is brought to you by the letter R and J for RJ Hunter. You remember RJ Hunter. He's responsible for one of the best shots in recent tournament history, propelling Georgia State past Baylor in the first round of the 2015 NCAA tournament. He's also the son of Ron Hunter, Georgia State head coach, who's famous for tearing his ACL, celebrating Georgia State's championship tournament win, propelling them to the NCAA tournament. For the Hunters, both Ron and RJ, this one is for you. Now let's podcast. All right, I'm super stoked for this. I'm bringing on my buddy, Robbie Callen of Uproxx. He's one of the funniest dudes on Twitter. One of the funniest dudes in real life as well. Robbie, what's going on, man? What's happening? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing swell. You know, this is the, the greatest time of the year. I think this is right around the time I first met you back in Charlotte at that. Uh, yeah, I think that was ACC tournament. Yeah, at that Mexican restaurant where we drank tequila at like 1130 a.m. Yeah, uh, poor decisions were made. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that was that was good times. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how that happened. We went for lunch, and the next thing I know, they had like some special, like a, a shot and beer special for like five bucks that suddenly started flowing. Um, <laughs> but that'll happen. It was at uh, what was it? It was Maverick Rock Taco. Shout out to Maverick Rock Taco, yeah. the sponsor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, Robbie is, uh, like I said, one, one of the, the funniest dudes I know. And, um, and so I want to get into a little first four. It's like a rapid fire round of questions, somewhat hoops related, but not really. So mm. a, kind of a, a warm up question is John Wick, the best movie you've ever seen. Ooh, this is a very good question. Um, I don't know if it's the best movie I've ever seen. I think it's one of the most rewatchable movies, which is very crucial for like long-term enjoyment. I think it's one of those movies that I can just throw on at any time, both of them, uh, the first one and the second one. Like The second one's heavily in my like cross-country flight rotation of movies that I just watch all the time. Um, like I might watch like a new movie and then if I'm on like a flight from, I do Atlanta to Vegas, Atlanta, to LA a lot. Uh, so like Wick is, Wick two is like on the Delta, like free movies. List. <laughs> and I usually watch like one movie and then like I close up shop with Wick two. Um, it's, it's up there. It's probably top five for me. Um, I think both of them are probably in my top 10. Like they're just, it's one of my favorite series. I can't wait for what they do with three. I'm also excited they're doing, I think, Showtime or Stars or somebody is coming up with uh, like the prequel TV series that's like about the Assassin's Hotel, which I'm all in on. I'm 100% in. Like I would watch a show specifically just about the, uh, the gun sommelier. Like I would watch <laughs> just a two-hour movie about that guy. Um, it's like, it's just, it's perfect action movie because like they don't, they give you just enough like, like reason to be hooked on the character 
Like they give you, you know, the dog thing and the wife thing, but they don't spend too much time on it. And so you can just enjoy the senseless violence. Um, Which is really a great thing. It's really well done. And it's like 90 minutes. Like they kept it to a tight 90. They didn't try to drag it out. Too many movies now think you have to go two hours. Yeah. And like there's really something to be said for a tight like 92-minute movie that gets you in, gets you out doesn't have a lot of lulls like the the best thing about i think both wick movies is there are very few like lulls like the first one it's kind of like starts out like it introduces you to the whole situation but like 15 minutes in someone's getting shot at and that's perfect like you give me 15 minutes of backstory and then let's get into it the second one it just opens up because like you know by now like you know what you're in for and it's just like Here's John Wick. He's in the car. He's running over uh, Russian mob guys and trying to steal his old car back. Like, it's perfect. Um, so I, I really, like, appreciate the way they structured it, the way that they weren't like, we're going to drag this out way too long. We're going to have, like I, was, like, I was really pleased that they didn't try to, like, wedge in, like, a love story. Like, that happened before. The love story happened before, and then he's been broken by it, and now he's back. Like, we don't need him to have a romantic interest. Like, it's a movie about a guy that shoots people. That's what it should be. So, Wick's up there. Uh, it's one of the best movies. I'd, I'd say the last, like, five years, it's it's very high up there. Uh, it's in the, the pantheon of the Fast and Furious movies um, for a different reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm a big fan. The, the, the timing is really, 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 really important. Like, if it's too long, I'm done. And I'd rather be upset that a movie I didn't think would be good is short, and I wanted more than, like, getting it dragged out. But a short movie is really good for, like, your, you know, blow them up, shoot them up action movies that when I'm hungover on the couch and it's Saturday yeah. at 1.30 and there ain't no sports on, I'm like, oh, damn, Terminal Velocity's on? I can get after this for, like, 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's like, Really good, tidy, like, fits in a two-hour window on TNT yes. is what I'm looking for. Like, I, you know, with commercials and everything, we're in, we're in and out in two hours. It's just, it, it works. It works so well. Like, you don't need two and a half hours, three-hour blocks. Like, I, I, I can't commit to that all the time. Like, there's, there's a time and a place for those. Um, but, like, like, have you ever tried to, like, if you're, like, it's when you're scrolling through Netflix and you're trying to figure out what you want to watch. Like, I've passed on so many Marvel movies. Yeah. Because it's like it's like 11 p.m. I want to watch a movie. I don't want to be up till two because I decided to throw on a two and a half hour like superhero movie. Like get 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 me out of there by 12:30 one. Like you know like I, I'm I'm trying to wind down. I'm not trying to trying to turn this into a late night. Like I'm too old for that now. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm just trying need, to get some violence and go to sleep. That's all I ever want. So. That le that leads me into question number one, and you may have answered it already. But what what is the number one overall seed in your awesome movie bracket, awesome action movie bracket? Awesome action movie bracket. My top overall seed is probably the fifth Fast and Furious movie. Wh which one's that? Fast Five is the one where they're in Brazil and they have to steal the safe out of the police station. Okay, so I first one with the rock. Uh, okay, I maybe I maybe know that I I've seen one and a half of them, and the half was the first half of Tokyo Drift. Is it? Do, okay. It, 
Is, is Tokyo Drift like the first three Star Wars for Fast and the Fu- Furious stands? Um, the honestly, the prequels. Honestly, the fourth one. The fourth one's worse. The fourth one's worse. Like the fourth one was necessary to get everybody back in, but it's the most boring of them all. Um, it's the one that like sets everything up for five, six, and seven, which are the best three. Um, in my estimation, as far as like action, because that's when they really had like a budget. Like the first yeah. one doesn't even fit within the rest of them. Like it's kind of funny. Like the first movie is a racing movie. Yeah. It's like legitimately about cars racing and cars and like they're stealing things, but they're stealing things with cars and like off of trucks. Like it's not, they're not worried about like preventing nuclear disaster or something <laughs> like that. Like by the seventh movie, we have a damn submarine yeah. that we're trying to take down. Like it's, it, it jumps the shark completely, but in a great way. But uh, I think Fast Five is the best of those movies, and I think it's genuinely one of the best action movies um, that I've seen just from a pure, like, we talk about, like, not missing any beats. Like, that's one that does a really weird, like, drawn-out things where you're like, okay, we could have tightened this up. I think Fast Five is the, the tightest of those and has some of the best action sequences Like I, I love that movie. Um, Wick is Wick is probably Wick's a one seed. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think. Um, God, I gotta think. Face Off is a one. I was seed. I was literally just about to say that. And Face Off's got to be a one seed, and like you could do a, you could do a whole bracket. Yeah, not in the. Completely uh, separate from good action movies, everybody should go see The Hurricane Heist. I was going to ask you about that. It is a delightful, <laughs> awful movie. Um, it has the worst acting performance I've ever seen in my life in the most endearing way possible. Um, there's this woman who is playing a hacker, and she is wearing, like, she knows she's hacking a system during a hurricane, and she's wearing, like, six-inch <laughs> heels and a cocktail dress. Um, to do this, and she puts on the worst acting job I've ever seen. It's incredible. Uh, hubcaps are used like ninja stars. <laughs> yes. And I have that. I can only. I don't want to give away everything, but uh, just know human kites come into play. Oh my um, god! That's really all you need to know. Uh, is this like shark, is Sharknado phenomenal. levels, or like what are we? It's so imagine if Sharknado had like a legitimate budget because it was made by the director of Fast and Furious or the producer of Fast and Furious or whatever. Like it's like he has so much goodwill that they were just like, here's fifty million dollars. Like imagine if Sharknado had fifty million dollars to like do actual pretty good effects. Like there's no like shoddy green screen work or anything like that. Like it all looks pretty good. Although at one point, like the hurricane eye wall is for some reason on ground level and the CGI looks like, you know, in like the mummy when they have like the big, like dust wall. Yes. Like it's that. Uh... I'm pretty sure they recycled that CGI <laughs> and made it a big circle. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw it. Um, mummy also probably in the top 64, like that belongs somewhere. That's like a 12 seed. Yeah. Like that's a sneaky one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, go go see the Hurricane Heights. I cannot recommend it enough. Like, I would see it. I would not spend a lot of money on it. Like, if you have Movie Pass, definitely go see it. Uh, try to catch like a matinee. No matter when you see it, there will not be more than six people in the theater with you. 
um, it's a phenomenal experience. <laughs> People will walk out. It's the most absurd thing. Like the accents in it are all over the map too. Like that's one of the most endearing things for me about bad movies is when they try to have people do accents that they cannot consistently do. And so they're all over the place throughout the movie. Like um, if anyone accidentally stumbled into the great wall starring Matt Damon, his accent is phenomenally bad. I have no idea what he was going for. It's like a mix of Irish, Scottish, and British. And it varies between those three, the entire movie. Uh, (laughs) My man mailed it in completely. Okay, question number two, and this is a completely different subject field, but mm-hmm. I, I uh, got into an argument about this last night and then heard someone talking about it on the radio today. So what's the number one overall seed in your best sauce bracket? Could be any type of sauce. What's the number one overall seed? Popeye's Black and Ranch. That is a very, very, very acceptable answer. Popeye's Black and Ranch is the best sauce. Um I don't, I, don't even, I don't even think there's a strong contender for number two, to, for me. Uh, I know people will be like, oh, you're from Atlanta. What about Chick-fil-A sauce? Yeah. I don't like honey mustard. Okay. So any honey mustard-based sauce, and Chick-fil-A sauce is honey mustard and barbecue. Um, I used to work there. <laughs> That's all it is. I, I worked there like when it came out. Like It's just honey mustard and barbecue. Um, also, their buffalo sauce is just Texas Pete buffalo sauce. Um, if you ever need to replicate that at home. That's what it is. Anyway, uh, not a not a honey mustard guy. So like honey mustard would be very high seed in most people's bracket. Yeah. Uh, it would go out in the first round for me. I just don't like it. I don't like the flavor profile of it, and that's just a me thing. It's fine if you like it. I'm not going to argue with you. But black and ranch is so 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 good. Uh, the spiciness cuts through the sweetness of the ranch that is inherent and often uh, kind of nullifies whatever you're eating with ranch dressing. Um, and it works so well with spicy tenders that it's just uh, – black, black and Ranch is number one for me. Like, I like Zach sauce fine, like those, those sorts of – and Zach sauce cane sauce, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Uh, any of those are, are good. Would probably be like a lower one seed in my bracket, but like I, I, don't, I think Black and Ranch would just romp through to the title for me um like i like ketchup like normal ketchup is a dipping sauce i use for things fairly regularly so like i'm not i'm not a big sauce guy uh i like a good barbecue sauce is uh a good like fox brothers barbecue sauce down here in atlanta would be a one seed uh the spicy like i like a little heat on it yeah um not a north carolina barbecue sauce guy not the vinegar it's too runny yeah yeah that Consistency is key too. Um, I don't like anything that's like like too thick, like bordering on honey. <laughs> yeah. like consistency is too much, uh, but too runny, where it's like it's, it, it can't stay in one spot. Like yeah, it, it's got a, there's a balance. There's a balance that has to be struck. Um, I, I, I don't like. I I really like the taste of Carolina barbecue sauce, but you get like if you get your your meal on like a styrofoam platter and you you're walking to your tray, it spills over. Now you got like vinegar on your pants. It's the the consistency the is is really important. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's that's the thing. Like Carolina, bar- like I, I I feel you. Like I don't like completely dislike the flavor, but like I'm just I'm out on it because it doesn't it doesn't hold in place well. Um, it's impossible to just like. It's definitely like the messiest barbecue sauce because just inherently it's going to drip 
everywhere on you. Um, a good Texas-style barbecue sauce, Memphis-style. Although Memphis tends to be a little sweet, a little on the sweet side. Um, but yeah, something with some something with some spice that 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 sweet heat is uh, is in in my alley. But I would say Black and Ranch for sure is my my top sauce. Uh, I'm really mad that they don't bottle that and sell it because I would spend any amount of money on bottles of Black and Ranch. Oh yeah, and do it Popeyes. Yeah, and I'm I'm I will I will die for Popeyes. Like I, it's yes. the only fast food chicken I will get. Uh, it's delicious. All their sauces are delicious. But you're spot on there. So. Question three, uh, you have some pretty good style and also, um, you know, in hoops, dudes nowadays can looking swagged out and there's all sorts of accessories you can wear. And, you know, I if I were a Division One college basketball player, I would get maybe I would average under a minute a game. So if I'm on the mm-hmm. court, I got to look great and ridiculous sure. as well. If you were a college basketball player, how swagged out would you be like like the dude from DePaul plus whoever, like, you know, Ricardo Blankenship from the Georgia kicker. Like what accessories are you rocking if you're playing D1 college hoops? Ooh, um, probably, probably a, a strong shooting sleeve. Um, I think that's, that's the, the base there. I'm not big on like the band. Like a lot of those guys like stack bands all over their arm. Like I don't like that. Um, I would probably do that. Like I'm not a tights guy, though. Like I, I know a lot of guys like the head to toe tights just looks weird. Yeah. Uh, to me, like I think I think they're doing too much. Um, I would probably be just like shooting sleeve, maybe a headband. Like I feel like I might go with a headband. Um, but like I, I don't think I would put too much. I think I think my key would be always trying to have the best shoes that I can possibly have. Like I think that would be. The biggest deciding factor for me as a college basketball recruit, which obviously I am, um, would be selecting a, uh, a a school that has great sneaker game. Like, Carolina's always got the best Jordans. Yeah. Always. Michigan has really good Jordans, too. Like, underrated. Uh, I always find it funny that, like, the, the ones Jordan always, like, really decks out are Michigan – uh, I think Villanova always gets good ones. Marquette gets yeah. really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Marquette gets great Jordan stuff. Um, and then obviously Carolina, uh, Georgetown also. Georgetown yeah. also gets really good Jordan, Jordan stuff. Uh, but I think I think the gray is a little flat. Like I think I think the gray and navy is a little flat. Like I like a little bit of that that spice. I think that's why Marquette has some really good colorways. Yeah, because they get to use that. They have like the navy and yellow, but they also have that like light that powder blue they yep. get to use. Uh, they can do some really cool stuff. So I would probably have like a very flashy shooting sleeve, like the, the brightest alternate color shooting sleeve. And then the, the probably matching socks if possible. I know, I know socks tend to be pretty much um, like you have to wear the team socks, yeah. which come on college, like let, let the guys flourish a little bit with the sock game. Uh, but definitely it would, it would be the shoes for me. It's gotta be, it's got to be right. Like you wouldn't catch me at an Under Armour school. I just, I just can't do it. Like they just don't have enough personality in their sneakers. Like all the, all the Under Armour sneakers. Like I, I've, they're not uncomfortable. Like I've, I've tried the Stephs and they're not uncomfortable, but they're just, you can't do a lot with them. Also, I think the Under Armour logo looks bad on shoes. It does. It's boxy. It does. It's too boxy. They need to do away with. They need to come up with like a alternate shoe logo. 
like part of why Nikes look so good is because the swoosh flows so well on the side of the sneaker. Yep. Uh, Adidas has figured this out by putting their logo on like the back of the yeah. sneaker now, and it works well there. Like they figured out, yeah, they figured out that the three stripes they put it on the back or they put it on like the toe, like the Hardens have it on the toe. Um, they figured out that just like trying to go down the side doesn't work. So I think um, Under Armour needs to needs to figure out a, a a different like shoe logo they can put on that that kind of flows. It's too boxy. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think I would go with too many accessories. Although, like, I might wear some Rex specs. I could be talked into that. Like, depends on what my role was. Like, if I was supposed to be a grit, it, it, like if I wanted to be like a gritty six man type, I could I could be I could be talked into some Rex specs. So like I'm, I'm I think for me I would go the full arsenal and okay. Um, Instead of Rex Specs, I'm going, you know, late career Amari Stoudemire uh, shades, the, the Oakleys. Oh, yeah, the, the, like the Oakley, the Oakley clear. Yeah. The, the Stainbrooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like what David Duvall like, used to rock on the PGA Tour. <laughs> the wraparound? Yeah. Like old, like, like Little League baseball coach yep. official? Yeah, 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 yeah. When, like, yeah, the, the high school baseball coach is, is trying to get a job at, at AA. Uh, I'd, right. I'd go... I'm actually a big fan of the long sleeves. Um, always have been. I think it's weird because you're playing inside, okay. but maybe you're trying to work up a sweat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd go headband. I hate the the like he- hair sleeve. It looks like you cut off a, an arm off a t-shirt and just put it over your head. Hate that. Okay. I'd go okay. one shooting shirt, but like the or the shooting sleeve, but the padded one with the you know the nice cushy stuff on the side. Oh I'd yeah. Go, I'd go. You gotta have that. Uh, some nice calf socks. I, because here's I, I cannot envision myself playing college hoops and being anything other than like a poor man's JP Mercura. Sure. Grit, grit for days. So like double knee sure. braces, breathe right strip, oh, yeah. mouth guard. Like if I played football, I'd have oh I, mouth guard for sure. I'd have the neck roll. I'd have like the back, the the rib pads. I'd have the bull, the 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 bullhorn or whatever it's called, face mask. Like mm-hmm. just. All the doodads. Because I'm, I'm not dropping 20 points a game. I'm getting like a right. couple boards, a couple personal fouls. So I, I got – people got to remember me for my look. Yeah. Yeah. So um, – I feel that. I feel that. I feel like I feel like the general aesthetic for a large white guy yeah. is Matt Stainbrook, and then you just work off of that. Um, like I think he's really – he's just really – he's really the vision board. Um I think I would try. I think I think just knowing my style when I play basketball, like I'm out there to set screens and shoot threes, <laughs> um, and do very little else. Like I'll play some solid defense when it's when it's required of me, uh, but I prefer to play three point line to three point line, just pick and pop. Like that's all I do. People are like, "Why don't you roll through the basket?" Because that's where you sprain your ankle uh, is under the hoop. Before injuries <laughs> happen, uh, I'm here for health and uh, to get some buckets. Also, I like to celebrate three pointers very flamboyantly. Yes. I would have I'd have all the J.R. Smith shooting the three point arrow. I'd do the little wind up thing where he gets on one knee. Yep. Like, I've got all of those. Yeah. The the jet, you gotta do the Jason Terry sometime. Uh you gotta really vary those three point celebrations. I think that's that's a major key. Um Yeah, yeah. But to be I, I could I could see you as like a gritty handshake guy. Oh yeah. Like I, I think that's your thing. I, I I would love to be the guy who's just uh, 
at, at the end of every player introduction, he's standing at the end and just like dapping up everyone. Like I want to be the, mm-hmm. the guy who's on the bench in baseball every game and has like is the handshake coordinator. I'm all in for that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, final question of this lightning round. Uh, what is worse? Someone mm-hmm. telling you about their fantasy football team or someone telling you about their bracket? I, I, I'm going to say fantasy football because fantasy football is a longer season. Um, and I think there's less in common. I think yep. you can talk about your bracket with somebody and like most everybody's doing a bracket. Um, you might find some common ground on like a bad beat you know, on your bracket. You shouldn't talk about your bracket constantly. Uh, but you can you can have conversations about the bracket. Like, there's no good reason to talk to anyone about your fantasy <laughs> football team. There's none, uh, especially like because how, how like you're gonna be like, oh man, like David Johnson got injured and all this. It's like, dude, it's football. Like, 87 people are injured every day. Like every game day, somebody's hurt. Like eight or ten people are like, you just it's part of the game. Like, yes, your guys are injured. Guess what? I had a couple guys injured too. It's fine. Like. I, I, fantasy football talk can I, you can just miss me with it 100 percent of the time. Like bracket talk, I, I get it. Uh, everybody's into it. It's a three week thing. It's it, the 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 fantasy football thing. It's too much. Like the guy that's always texting you about it on Wednesday. Uh, please stop. Like I don't I don't especially like and, and you know this when whenever you write about sports, even if you don't do fantasy football even if you don't really do a lot of NFL, like I always say college more so than NFL. And I I still prefer to do college coverage more than NFL. Like people are like, Oh, what do you think I should do? It's like, man, like I have no advice for you. (laughs) Like, first off, I'm terrible at fantasy football. I haven't won a league in like seven years. I'm horrible. Like I won a league in college and I'm awful. One, I don't care enough. So I think a hundred dollars into this league. And by week six, I'm punted. Um, which is very on brand. And it's one of the, I'm just like, I'm like, stop asking me for advice. Like I can give you advice and it'll probably tank your team. So that's what I just started doing. I just give people like just awful advice <laughs> until they stop, stop answering my question. And so they stop asking me questions. Like don't ask people fantasy football advice. Like if you want fantasy football advice, there are a billion websites that will give you fantasy football advice. There are a billion Roto worlds, like CBS fantasy, ESPN fantasy, any, any sports website at this point does some kind of fantasy football stuff. Hell, we do fantasy football stuff. I don't, but some one of our writers does because like they're into it. But like, consult the internet. Don't consult your friends because your friends don't care about your fantasy football team. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk fantasy football, you can talk within your league about it. Oh yeah, you can talk to people within your league. But if they are not in your league, even if you know they play fantasy football, if they are not in your league, do not speak to them about your fantasy football team. Don't do it. Your bracket, that's fine. Like, don't go overboard with it. Don't make it the topic of conversation all of March. But you can talk about your bracket, especially, like, when you're watching games. Yeah. I think that's the most appropriate time. When you're watching games, you're, watching, you're hanging out with people, you can be like, oh, man, I had, you know, like, hey, I actually picked that upset. Or, like, oh, this one killed me. You know, there, go, there goes a Final Four team in the second round. Like, when you're talking to your friend, like, that's fine. Outside of game days, though, outside of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, keep a bracket talk to a minimum unless somebody approaches you with it and you want to uh, engage. Yeah. Otherwise, you can be like, 
just be like, ah, uh, you know, like my bracket's already shot, and then just walk away. So th- even worse than fantasy football advice is the people who then e- explain how they won or lost, and it's like they're now telling you about uh, their roster, which I don't care about, and they're explaining mm-hmm. how – um, you know, a Leonard Fournette fumble in a Jacksonville game on the one-yard line, which I don't care about, and how it mm-hmm. was to beat Paul from accounting. And I, I, these are, I don't know Paul from accounting, and I don't care right. about him. Like, I don't even care about right. the results from my league. So why are you telling me about some dude and some game I don't care about and everything? It's just like, I don't want to be rude, but I literally don't care at all. Like, I stink at fantasy yeah. football, too. Keep, like, there are outlets for that. There are chat rooms. There are mm-hmm. message boards. Don't sure. fantasy football is fantasy. It should not be yeah. reality. Don't actually talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's the same for like if uh, for the the degenerates. Don't talk about your bad beats with people that don't gamble. Yeah, they don't care. Like know your audience. You know, I have like I have a couple chats with people where like bad beats are pretty much the majority of our discussion. Or just sweating games. Like, know who you're talking to. Know your know your audience. Yeah. Have some degenerate friends. So have some fantasy football friends you can talk to, but you need to know who those people are. You yeah. need to find those people. They're probably in your league, and you can talk trash. You can talk about this game. You can talk about, oh, I can't believe this happened or this killed me. Find your little people, but but don't don't make that a topic of conversation in the real world with people you don't know or into it. Like, just stop. That's all I have to say. Like same, like it's, it would be like if I came up to one of my friends and started complaining about uh, this bad beat I had on some, some Metro Atlantic action, Yes. you know, like I'm like, I'm like, can you believe the Jaspers didn't cover? <laughs> all I, all I had to do was run it out. Seven, they're, why are they fouling? They're down eight. <laughs> they're down eight. I'm catching nine and a half. You're fouling down eight. What are you doing? Nobody wants to hear that from me. Like, I, I have, like, three friends that want to hear it from me, you know? But, like, like my, my random buddies from college have no idea. What I'm, first off, they don't even know who the Jaspers are. Shout out to Manhattan. Yeah, shout out. Uh, they, don't know, they, don't, they don't know anything about Metro Atlantic basketball. I barely do, <laughs> but I know enough to wager on it. Shout out to Ken Palm. He guides me. As he should. So, uh, that's, that's a good segue into some, some March talk, some hoops talk. Uh, how hyped are you for Georgia state? You went there, Georgia state's back in the tournament. Uh, were they good at hoops when you were there? How, how hyped are you? Uh, I'm excited. Like, it's always fun when they're in the tournament. They were not very good when I was there. Um, God, I can't remember who the coach was. I used to, we used to go to his, me and a, me and a buddy of mine used to go to his like radio show. Every Thursday. Is it like at Rod an Applebee's? Barnes. Rod Barnes. It was at it was at this place on campus. It was at the uh at the Panthers Den. Uh which was like they had and Thursday the only reason we went is because Thursday nights they did like twenty five cent wings. Oh, okay. So we would go get twenty five cent wings and sit in on like <laughs> and like we would just fire off que- like we like they would have they would do like the question time yeah. and it would pretty much just be me and David in there. Um and so we would each ask like three questions to Rod Barnes about like what are we doing? Because like we had like so that year that year we were supposed to be pretty good. It was really funny. So like we were supposed to be good, 
we had five D1 transfers in, like five major program, major like conference transfers in. We had a kid who was like a former Mr. Basketball in, at ten, in Tennessee. Uh, supposed to be good. Like we were friend, like considered a French tournament team. This is back when we were in the Colonial. Uh, this was in VCU's like heyday. So this was I was in school from 2008 to 2011. So this was like Shaka was just coming out. Like they used to just drub us. Eric Maynard, I remember, put like 50 on us at home one time. <laughs> I was just sitting there watching Eric Maynard flame us from three point range, and it was it was miserable. Uh, no, we were not getting basketball. The most exciting game I was I was ever at. Two of them. One was when I went with my buddy, who is a diehard Knicks fan, to FIU came the year Isaiah Thomas was coaching. All right. And we just yelled at Isaiah Thomas for an hour and a half. Um, I couldn't believe we didn't get, like, asked. I guess he was just, like, used to it. But, like, most coaches will be like, hey, like, somebody will come and be like, hey. But, like, there are, like, 50 people in the gym, so I know he heard us. <laughs> um, and, like, we were just giving him the business about blow, about ruining the Knicks. Um, so that one, and then there was a game, Florida State, for some reason, had agreed to a home-and-home home, uh, with Georgia State. And they came in, I can't remember, there was like a, a I can't remember who was on that team. So, like One like NBA prospect was on that squad. Uh, and Georgia State lost by like one. Like because Chris Singleton? So late. It might have been. It was some. It was somebody like potential potential draft pick, uh, and we were gonna like we were getting ready to like storm the court all like <laughs> 40, 40 of us in the gym, uh, but Georgia State like missed like four free throws in the final two minutes and lost by one. So Georgia State basketball is not good. I left right before uh, Ron Hunter came in. RJ and Ryan Harrow, uh, God bless him. Yeah, Ryan Harrow was the best player on that team, by the way. Um, like RJ had the shots and he had the moments, but on a consistent level, like Ryan Harrow was the best player on that team. And if he weren't five foot eight, he would have been in the NBA. Yeah. He also wouldn't have been at Georgia state. Yeah. Hey, I remember I saw a game in Kentucky and he was sitting out that year and they were like, uh, do you know why Cal's not recruiting anybody, any point guards because they have Ryan Harrow. He's going to be the best point guard in Kentucky history. And he was there a, a year, I think. But it was a p- big reason yeah, why they, there. Yeah, he was there, and he transferred, uh, and he transferred again to Georgia State because, like, his dad, his his dad lived in Atlanta, and his dad was like sick or something. So that's the only reason Georgia State had him. Um, and it just worked out that that was the year that RJ like decided to go Nova from three. Yeah. And then the next year, RJ shot like thirty three percent. People were like, "Oh, RJ's going to be a great NBA player." I was like, "No, he's not. No. Don't draft RJ Hunter. Like, he can't. He can't do anything but shoot, and he's not even an efficient shooter. Like." He was a career like thirty four percent college shooter. He just put up twelve a game. Like that dude was on. Like he would get on. He would go on these hot stretches where like he would hit like six in a row and start pulling from thirty, and it was awesome to watch. But I was like, this isn't an NBA basketball player. Like he's fun. He could probably play Euro ball because he'd have chances to shoot, and the game's a little slower. But he wasn't fast enough. Like he was long, but he was a scrawny body. Um, I was like, he's not hes not an NBA player. He's a good basketball player. He could have a pro career somewhere, but not in the NBA. Um, but he was fun. He was fun. He gave us some great moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really what the tournament's about, are the moments and the, the players who make them. Uh, do you have a favorite NCAA tournament moment? I think, honest, I think honestly, it is the, it's the RJ3 over Baylor. Um, 
just because it was it's the one time that like my team has been involved in the moment um and so yeah that was spectacular obviously like the stool thing was a whole ordeal with ron like ron Ron hams it up and like he's a really solid coach and like he's gonna get a job somewhere uh he's gonna leave georgia state at some point and and he should get a job somewhere and like he hams it up and he loves that stuff i mean there's a reason he was on tournament covers last year for turner or whatever like he enjoys doing that but like it it, it was fun like it, it was it was it was a lot of fun to see and like um that's the most excited I think I've been uh, from a pure like fan joy perspective, not just a degenerate I bet on this team perspective. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that. That's, that's not that's not a bad pick. Just in general, like in ten years, he's going to be like a, a March icon, regardless of where yeah. he's. And it's also your squad. So yeah. Um, f- final question. We'll end with this is. Who is your favorite random NCAA tournament player? This is like my favorite thing about March is just dudes. So many different dudes. You got one shot, one game, one weekend. Who's your favorite or just most random? Oh, man. Um, um, I think my guy would be, oh, man, this is a tough question. Um. I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think on like like I was always a big Zag guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's not like he's obviously not Ram, but like Adam Morrison is like my favorite player, um, and he had some some just incredible moments. I'm trying to think like I've always loved all those like Zag guys that come through. Like I love Sabonis. That like yeah. the, the Sabonis Pirtle matchup was so much fun because Sabonis was just cooking Pirtle in that Gonzaga Utah game. Yeah. Um, I always love the Zags guys. Um, uh, the the Northern Iowa kid that hit the three against Kansas for Rokmanesh, yeah, that was a big one and just kind of like that was that was fun. Um, honestly, Eric Maynard. Yeah, I loved Eric Maynard. Like the VCU run with Eric Maynard was was awesome. Um, CAA pride right there. Same <laughs> with like that George Mason team that made a run. Like I always loved those CAA guys that I used to see playing at Georgia State, and then there they were, like, deep running in the tournament. And I was like, hey, that guy dropped 30 on us. Um, I always enjoyed those. So I think I, – I, I'm trying to think if I have, like I, – I, I, I mean, those Zags guys are always my favorite. Like, I, I like, I never really had, like, a big, like, college basketball allegiance growing up. Yeah. Because, um, like, my mom went to Mercer and my dad went to Bowling Green. So, like, there's not, like – Powerhouses. Like, deep – Deep college, so the Mercer, the Mercer Duke game is also up there. Yeah, in my favorite moments. Um, you know, and like the dude but, who danced after that game, like that would be me. That is like who I am as a, a college hoops exactly. dude. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'd say um, I'd say probably 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 like Mayner. Like Morrison's not really a fun one because he's not random, but like he was my favorite probably college hoops player. You know, and he was like swagged out. He had like the high socks with the stripes. He always wore the big t-shirt and mm-hmm. he had that stash. Like he, he was accessorized. Yeah. My favorite, it's not a tournament call, but I think my favorite, I don't think it was in the try. I think it was like a early season non-con. Uh, the, my, one of my favorite calls of all time, my favorite Bill Raftery call is when Morrison hit like that fading bank three against Oklahoma state. Yep. And Raftery gave it the, the when you're sleepless in Seattle, sometimes you need a little kiss. 
all timer for me. Yeah, it's it, all, and like, and Gus is just yelling guttural noises. Um, that's an all timer. I, I think. I think because yeah, they were that was an early season game at like Key Arena mm-hmm. or whatever. They're playing on the yep. on the SuperSonics court, and I yep. believe that's also the game that they that he that he does the Larry Bird, and then uh, he's maybe. like Larry Bird, and he goes maybe. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, no, that's the same call. Like it's the yeah. same shot. He goes, Larry Bird, maybe. He like, like he, he had like had onions, to, like yeah. He he, he thought in his out. head that like ooh maybe this is a bit much, so I'll couch it with maybe. <laughs> like always towing the yeah, line. He's like, he's like, no, yeah, uh, no, that's one of my favorites because the Raptor just like unloads the clip of all of his like <laughs> like best calls. Like he gives it a little kiss. He gives it multiple onions. The sleepless in Seattle line is is an all timer. Um, yeah, like I mean that's Raptor Raftery is my favorite part of March, easily. I love Bill Raftery so much. Oh my uh, god, he's the best. He's the absolute best. And I think it's it, like when you when I've I've started doing a lot of like media stuff with Uprock and we always talk to guys and like there's not a soul on this earth that has a bad thing to say about Bill Raftery that's like worked with him or done anything with him like um, I've done, like, I talked with, like, Vern about him. I've talked with Billis about him, McDonough, like, all those guys. They just love Bill Raftery. And, like, it just always warms my heart because, like, he's, like, my favorite. He's, like, what I grew up on. Um, Raft- Raftery College Hoops calls are, are always, it's always, like, it always feels, like, a little bigger. Like, even those random, like, Big East FS1 games, like, <laughs> they always feel a little bigger when it's Gus and Raft on the call. Um, it's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just ex- they're so excited, and so it's like mm. it's it's Marquette, but DePaul, but okay, sure, let's let's go. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm so in. in. Bills, 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 touching up a little man, man. Like it's just like as soon as he says that, I'm like I'm in. I'm locked in. Like, I'm like I I try to make the the start of every game he's on that I know that I'm gonna watch just because he just starts with like that's his thing is he just rambles for like thirty seconds. Is it? In it. Right. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna He's gonna he's gonna give you a little man to man or maybe a little matchup zone. Or so he's just gonna he's gonna give you one of those and uh it's always it's always the best. Uh I love, so yeah, but Rafter Rafter is my favorite part of March. Um like and that booth that booth has gotten much better. Like Grant was awkward early, um, but he's gotten better and yeah. like I'm I'm a Nance guy. Like I know some people aren't aren't huge on Nance, but as a as a golf guy, yeah. like Nance is the best. So uh, I know people want Gus and Raff together, but honestly, like at this point, like Gus has at times become a caricature of himself. Yeah. Like, he tries to manufacture those moments. And, uh, and I'm like, let's just, um, I'm, I'm like, let's tone it down. Like, you know, like, especially when he does football games, but sometimes he starts to manufacture those big. And I'm like, just, just let it happen. Let it come to you. Yeah. That the, was one of the best. The, the CBS booth, it, it's, it's neat and tidy now. It, it's, uh, mm-hmm. And and so because Raftery can be hard analysis, he can be uh, criticism yeah. or technical X's and O's, and also pull out the craziness. So when you have two dudes who are just can pull out craziness, it's like oh, all right, like you, one's got to play off the other, right, right. And so yeah, Nance is always like the straight man. He yeah. lets he and like Grant knows when to let Bill go at this point. Like there were there were some times early on they'd talk over each other a little bit, and it was like Grant, you gotta let you gotta let Bill cook. Yeah, let him cook. And at this point. Grant Grant knows if a big shot goes in, you clear the air, 
and you let you let Raft give it whatever he needs to give it. If it's a lingerie on the deck, if it's an onion, whatever, and then you can come in with your thoughts after. Yeah, but yeah, they, they've got that down pretty well. Don't don't wait for the coach to to call up the play. It's just it's going to be one four. Get to the corners and let the man go to the hole. Absolutely. Uh, yo, this is so much fun. I wish I could do this forever. But, um, you know, I hope you have a, an awesome tournament and awesome spring because right after the tournament is, of course, the Masters. Uh, I hope to catch up with you soon, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, brother. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Robbie Calland of Uprocks again for joining me on the March Only Podcast. Be sure to follow Robbie on Twitter. He's literally one of the funniest people in real life and also on Twitter. So be sure to follow him. And be sure to follow, like, subscribe, rate, share this podcast because we're going to come back and we're going to keep doing this for the rest of the month. We will see you guys later.